We're so glad you've joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story with us at pastor at relevant316.com. If you would also like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at relevant316.com. There you can select a giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone shouts. Amen. Amen. As I'm talking about Christmas coming up and Thanksgiving coming up before that, there's one problem. One problem about the holidays. The problem with the holidays, Martuan, is that family comes around. <laughs> family comes around. You know the thing about family is that it's, e- it's easier for someone to forgive a stranger than it is to forgive family. Family can be tough, man. Family can be rough. Family, I mean, a person can cut you off, almost kill you in, in, in traffic, and you'll forgive them if they just, you know, wave at you like, okay, it's my bad. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You know? But you're still mad because somebody forgot to put the seat down. I'm not talking about anybody in here. I'm just saying it happens, you know? Still mad because they put the toilet t- tissue Supposed to go over, under? Exactly. That's the church split right there. All the overs stay with me. All the unders go with Pauline. But family comes around, and, and, and the thing about family is that family is dysfunctional. Family is crazy. Their betrayals, the greatest betrayals, take place within the context of family. And I'm so glad. I used to, when I was younger, you know, I'd I'd hear the Bible stories. I'd be like, oh my gosh, it would have been so cool to be living in the Bible days, to see David knock down Goliath, to see Jesus walk on water. It would have been so cool if I could have been in the Bible. How many of y'all wish you could have been a Bible character? Yeah, I'm glad I'm not. Because when I read the Bible, I discover that the Bible is like an eternal YouTube of people's mistakes. I'm thankful that, that there's no YouTube when I was a teenager. Oh, my God. Oh, my. You'd be like, no, you're not my pastor. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You have two, two million hits on your, on your Instagram. We saw that. We saw what you did. The Bible records these stories of these families that were filled with dysfunction. You go to Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. God comes to Abraham, wakes him up out of a sleep saying, hey, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of, of many nations. Your, your offspring will, now, will, will, will outnumber the stars in the sky. Do you remember that? You, anybody remember what I'm talking about? He receives this, this amazing promise, this amazing promise from God. And, and, and the thing about um, uh, that promise is that people don't like to live under the promise. We need a plan. You, you have a very big problem living in the promise of God because you want to have a plan. Well, how's it going to work? How's, when's it going to happen? Uh, uh, when is it going to happen? Anybody need a schedule? I need a flow chart, God. And so Abraham receives a promise, but then Sarah says, listen, I know God said something, but I have a plan. Here's my servant, Hagar, and you remember what happened, right? I don't know if they had in vitro back then or whatever, but I don't. (laughs) That plan caused alienation. 
It caused separation. It, it caused conflict within the family structure. And the result of it is that Ishmael and Hagar are cast off. And, and then there's this issue between Abraham and Sarah and all kinds of mess. All because they did not want to live under the promise. They wanted to live under the plan. And so Isaac is born the child of the promise, and Isaac has, has his own children. You remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Before uh, Rebekah has, has, uh, has, has, has any children, uh, the, the twins, Esau and Jacob, God gives her a promise. Remember the promise? The promise is that the younger will, will be the Lord over the, the older. Remember that, right? The older is going to serve the younger. And so she has this promise, but the promise is taking too long. And so she goes with a plan. We're going to, first of all, Jacob goes and, and he tricks his brother into, anybody ever had a brother trick on you? Tricks his brother by cooking up some lentils, some menjedra, that's what my wife calls it. And, and, and has him sell his birthright. And then takes it a step further, tricks his father into blessing him over Esau. And that causes further separation, alienation. And what takes place is that Jacob has to leave. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? You guys, are you guys following me? Lots of content in here. Jacob... Leaves and, and he has to come back to, to, to be reunited with his brother. We're going to talk about that next week. But then Jacob has his own children. Remember Jacob's children, right? The, the brothers, Reuben, Judah, all the other brothers. And, and then he has a son, a son by the name of Joseph, who, who he favors. And Joseph is, is uh, the second to the last born. And, 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 and Jacob loves Joseph and, and, and raises him and elevates him above the others. And the others feel betrayed. And even though Joseph is a child of promise, given a promise, the brothers have a plan that threatens the promise. Are you guys following me? Are you guys getting this? Why is it that you need a plan and you can't stand living under the promise? Joseph... His story begins where, 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 where God gives him these dreams that you're going to, your brothers are going to bow down to you and you're going to do all these amazing things. And, and, and his brothers are threatened by that promise and, and they take him when he has come to serve them, to check on them. They take him and they, they throw him in the pit. They strip him of the, the coat that his father has given him and they throw him in the pit and, and then they sell him off into slavery. To a foreign land, the plan causes separation, alienation, conflict. And Joseph goes into Egypt. And as the story goes, when he's in Egypt, he serves in Potiphar's house as a slave. What happened to the plan? What happened to the promise that God gave here? Here he is in a foreign land, a foreign people, serving as a slave, completely alone. Could you imagine being taken to a place far away from your own people to, to a, and serving as a slave in the household of Potiphar? Isn't as, as, as he is in that household, I can only imagine what goes on in his mind? What happened to the promise, God? 
What happened to the place that I had with my father who loved me? What, what happened to all those things? And I want, you, I want to point out one verse to you that, that speaks to me because some of you are, are here this morning at church and you're, you're, you're going through things and you're wondering, where is God? Where, has God seen the betrayal? Has God seen all the hurt, all the, the pain that the people around me, the people that are supposed to protect, provide, and love me have caused in my life? And Genesis chapter 39 reads like this. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Mm. That right there is preaching right there. You're a slave in a foreign land serving under Potiphar and, and you've lost your family, you've lost your place in your father's house, but the Lord is with Joseph. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what turmoil you're, you're, you're enduring and experiencing in your life. I don't care how bad it is. What I need you to embrace is the fact that the Lord is with you. He's with you. With you when you were favored, with you when you're hated. The Lord was with Joseph, and, and it says that one day, uh, Mrs. Potiphar, her name was Hotifer. Um, I made that up. But one day, Hotifer looks upon Joseph, and she's like, mm, that Hebrew boy is fine. As a matter of fact, there's some other ancient books that, that talk about, uh, about Joseph. And it says that Joseph was a handsome man, so handsome that Potiphar's wife would, would bring all the ladies uh, in her class to come over to the house for dinner and then make Joseph enter at the right moment just so that they could cut their fingers. He caused accidents. See, y'all don't understand nothing about that, though. I won't even go there, Bobby. These, these folks will judge us if we talk about, like, you know, almost getting an accident because you saw something. John knows what I'm talking about. He's like, yeah, pastor. I got you. Potiphar's wife plots. Joseph is a child of promise, and she comes up with a plan. And that plan leads Joseph into a prison from being a slave in Potiphar's palace to now being in Pharaoh's prison. And in verse 23 says that the keeper paid no attention to that what was in Joseph's charge because, are you ready for it? Because the Lord was with him. As a slave in Potiphar's house, as a prisoner, the Lord was with him. I don't know what you're going through, but I came here to tell you that the Lord is with you. You may be on the brink of losing everything, but the Lord is with you. You thought that your career was taking off, your business was going good for a while, and then you took a detour and things kind of became disastrous. And even right now, I want you to know that the Lord is with you. He's with you. 
He's with you. He's with you. You're in that marriage and you're wondering, when is this thing going to actually be, be good again? The Lord is with you. You're in that job and, and that boss that's driving you nuts and that coworker that hasn't spoken to you in months. The Lord is with you. With you. Story goes on and, and, and several chapters later we discover that Joseph has been elevated. He's been brought out of the prison. If you can, do me a favor, just go back and read from Genesis 25 to Genesis 50 this week. So many good things in, the, in, this, in this Bible, man. It's better than lifetime. <laughs> Some things are better than Cinemax in there too, praise God. <laughs> We find that Joseph has now been elevated. He's now running the kingdom. There's no other person who has more power than than, than Pharaoh, than Joseph himself. And so now when all this has taken place, the thing is this, is that when, when you've experienced betrayal at this level, and now you're experiencing success, there's still some things that you're carrying. There's still some pain that you're carrying. When, when you know, I've met people who, who are successful beyond measure, but they lack the love of their father and they're turmoiled, in trouble. People who've, who've, who've endured such hardship and then, and then they've elevated themselves to a place of success, but because they still are carrying this baggage, their life is still heavy. J- Jason, come up here. You're a strong guy. Where's Jason Nolo? Let me get the two Jasons. Here we go. Are those heavy? Not for me. (laughs) Sure. No, sir. No? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I would like you to, like, extend your arms and just hold this like that. Jason, come on, stop being, there we go, come on. There we go, yeah. How, it's been, how long, is, it's been like probably 15 seconds, right? How, how heavy is that? A little heavier. It's getting heavier. It's getting heavier. How long do you think you can continue? I want to say 10 minutes, but for the sake of time, maybe two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get an honest answer. Uh, another couple of seconds. <laughs> this is what guilt, this is what unforgiveness is doing to your life right now. <laughs> I'm just going to read the passage real quick. You can switch to each either. You can switch to, hey, I'll let you, let's just see if we can get through this passage. It says verse four, chapter 45, Genesis Joseph's brothers, after almost 15, 20 years, have now reunited with him. They don't know who Joseph is. I see a little bend right there. (laughs) Years of carrying the guilt of not knowing what they did to their brother. And Joseph, on his part, years of probably carrying the burden of, I can't believe my brothers did this to me. How heavy does it get? 
says, then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. How's it going, guys? Struggling. <laughs> this what's, you know, coming down my <laughs> I won't make you guys do this. I was going to have you do this the entire service, but you can put it down. Give it up for these guys. I just... If you don't get anything out of today's message, your grudges that you're holding on to, the guilt that you're holding on to, the unforgiveness that you're holding on to is just like that piece of wood and that brick. Your body can't take it anymore. I wonder why you're, ha- you're struggling. That's, that's, wa- that's, the, that's what you're carrying. Joseph now is, confront- is, is, is with his brothers, and his brothers have probably been carrying that same weight because they chose to do their plans as opposed to living in God's promises. It says, and Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Point number one, if you're taking notes, I'm talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gut-wrenching experience. Forgiveness is a gut-wrenching experience. It says that, and he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. He's seeing his brothers in front of him for the first time after all these years. Who knows if he ever shed any tears all these years? Who knows how long he was trying to keep it together? Who knows how long he tried to pretend and make play that everything was just fine? But now he sees them And he has to forgive them. And it's a gut-wrenching experience. He cried aloud. He pulls everyone out of the room, says, get out. But no matter how far away they are from him, they still hear the shriek, the gut-wrenching shriek that's coming from him. He cried aloud. Verse 30 says, then Joseph hurried out for his compassion. I'm sorry, wrong verse. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Point number two, are you taking notes? Point number two, forgiveness is a freeing experience. It's a freeing experience. They're holding on to this, wondering whatever happened to their brother, keeping that secret, holding on to that guilt, lying to their father year after year after watching him cry on the anniversary of his disappearance. And now Joseph says, I am your brother. Do not be dismayed. Watch what he says. Don't be angry with yourselves anymore. Let that burden down. Are you guys following this? Forgiveness is a freeing experience. Number, number three, are you taking notes? Forgiveness is a revealing experience. 
The famine, he says, he says, don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years and there are yet five years in which it will neither be plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you, a remnant on earth to keep alive for, me, for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house, ruler over all of the land of Egypt." Forgiveness is a freeing experience in that Joseph frees them of them holding on to this burden of guilt and anger and and, and dismay in themselves and disappointment. But then he also reveals to them, listen, what you meant for evil, what the devil meant for evil, God is using for his good. See, the thing is this, Heather, I, I, I sometimes never understand why I'm going through what I'm going through until afterwards. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Some of y'all looking at me like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Because you were dating that one guy that you met on Craigslist. <laughs> and everybody told you, don't date guys off of Craigslist. At least get them off of Instagram. <laughs> and then they broke your heart. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Everybody on Facebook knew that you were depressed. You're the one going to the restaurants, taking pictures of what everyone else is eating, but then you're saying, no, I'm not hungry. Wish I could. Hashtag, he left me. And then Kevin Anderson shows up in your life. You're here with all your family getting your, your baby dedicated and you forgot about. You're like, thank God that that loser got out of my life. That's right. Kevin's like, if the rock's going to cry, I'm going to praise the Lord. <laughs> it's like, I, and you thank God for the calamities. Y'all, y'all following this? Have you ever thanked God for the disasters that took place? Like, thank you, Lord, that they fired me. I would have never started my business. I would have never met this person had that person been revealed for their true character. Joseph's like, listen, guys, don't, don't carry this burden of, of what you did and how you sold me, how you stripped the jack. I wonder if he went into that detail. How you grabbed me, how I was coming running to you with, with joy and you, 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 you deceived me and took the jacket off me and threw me into the pit, then sold me off to slavery. Don't worry about that stuff. God's hand was in it because here's what he's doing now with where we're at. It's like, I, I'm here because... God wanted to place me in a position. Your pain sometimes is only going to propel you to the position that God wants to put you in. I'll say it to this side. This side didn't even get it. (laughs) Sometimes your pain is what God uses to propel you to the position that he's taking you to. Good, I've got a church over here. (laughs) Sometimes God will allow the platform of pain and disappointment 
to get you to your destiny. It's all, come on, somebody said this, all things work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to his, called according to his purpose. All things, if all things work, if, if the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God, is there a bad step that could take place in your life? Is there, if God has, has said it, if God has called it, is there anyone that could deter the plans of God in your life? I, I talked about Abraham. Abraham is, this has been very profound to me, Jason. We call Abraham the father of our faith, right? Because he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What did he believe God for? That God would make him a father of many nations, right? And that's what we remember him for. And yet the disaster that is in the world today is based on his plans to get with Hagar. Meaning that that we are still experiencing the, the circumstances, the consequences of his planning and manipulating God's plans and promise, but yet when God has said it, the promise stands. That was for free. You can give an extra offering after the <laughs> Forgiveness is a gut-wrenching experience. It's emotional. Forgiveness is a freeing experience. Forgiveness is a revealing experience. It's a revealing experience in that it reveals that God is in control, that God is in control. He is omniscient. He's, he's omnipresent. He's omnip- om- omnipotent. His power. Joseph, in revealing what's happened here, he's saying, listen, God knew all along how he was going to use this. God God was working in the, in the, in the shadows of, of, my, of my pain. God was, was at work. His power has elevated me to where I'm at right now. God knew. And lastly, number four, forgiveness is a reuniting or reconciling experience. It says, hurry, verse nine, hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph has made me Lord over all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. Let me tell you something. If you read the Bible from beginning to end, all the only theme that matters is that the Bible is all about reconciliation. Bringing back people who've been alienated because of human planning. Adam and Eve sin, and God steps in and begins a process, a process of reconciling us back to himself. And because he has brought us back to himself, that, that, that reuniting uh, is, is the precedence that allows us to forgive each other. And be reconciled to one another. As a matter of fact, if you ever want to know what your job title in the kingdom of God is, Pastor Scott, it's simple. He says that you are now ministers of reconciliation. You're forgiveness peddlers. What do you do? I push forgiveness. That's all I do. You're a peacemaker. 
ministers of reconciliation. Forgiveness is a reuniting experience. Joseph's like, go tell my father. That the, that the plan that, 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 that was put together, that, that brought about separation, all has been forgiven. We can now come back and be together again. Y'all getting this? He says, I will provide for you. Tell my father of my honor in Egypt. He fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. He kissed all of his brothers. Kissed all of his brothers. And wept upon them. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this, load beasts and go back to the land of Canaan. He gave each of them a change of clothes. He gave Benjamin a little bit extra. He gave him 300 shekels and five changes of clothes. To his father, he sent the following. Ten donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provisions for his father on the journey. Verse 24. Are you ready for a bonus point? Can I give you a bonus? Come on, I'm doing, I'm doing the stack right now. Watch this. It's a bonus stack. Then he sent his brothers away and they departed him. As, he, as they departed him, he said to them, do not quarrel on the way. As they're leaving, he stops them. He says, guys, 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 as you're going back home, as you're walking out of this place, when you walked in, you were fearing for your lives, but now you're walking from this place freed and fully forgiven. Don't quarrel on the way because bonus point number one, forgiveness is an ongoing experience. How do you live forgiven? By continually to forgive others. Because here's the thing about it. When you walk with your brothers and sisters, even in the church, even in the church, guess what you have to do and practice over and over again? Forgiveness. Why? Because they're humans. Biggest reason why people can sit in the same church and never talk to each other again and even like move on is because they could not forgive. Joseph says, as you journey, as you do life, knowing that you've been reconciled, knowing that you've been forgiven for much, don't fight along the way. Forgive first. Y'all getting this? Give you another bonus point. Is that okay? Bonus point number two. Or point number seven. Or six. Unconditional forgiveness is biblical. Unconditional forgiveness is biblical. I want you to notice something. When did the brothers talk to Joseph? Did we hear the brother say to Joseph, we're so sorry. Did the brother say, Joseph, we, we have to explain. We didn't mean. No. Joseph begins revealing himself, extending forgiveness, letting them know what God was doing in the middle of all that pain. And the brothers did not say one word. As a matter of fact, it said this in verse 3. It says, but his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. They stood there with their jaws wide open. Problem with us is that sometimes we don't want to forgive people until they say, 
I'm sorry first. The Bible is all about unconditional forgiveness. Unconditional forgiveness. God did not wait for humanity to apologize for sin. He preemptively forgave. As a matter of fact, we don't say yes to the Lord until we've already received the, the gift of salvation. Do you, do you understand the, the, the depth of that? You know, uh, they, 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 they like to um, uh, liken uh, salvation to that of like being born again, like a childbirth, right? When does a baby c- cry after being born? After it's alive or before it's alive? After. So it's already alive and the cry is just a reflection of the life that's already in it. Correct? I'm going way too deep right now. We respond in thankfulness to God's forgiveness after we've already experienced it. After we're already living it out. Can I give you one more? Bonus point number three. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Because I want you to to be able to, to walk and live out this Christian life in the fullness of what God has called you to. Unconditional forgiveness is practical and beneficial. He says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight that took him down. Lay aside every weight, every burden and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You cannot run this race. You cannot walk this walk of Christianity holding on to stuff. That's why even Jesus said it. Before you come forward and and take communion, You cannot even experience the the beauty of of what it is to be in communion with God if you're still bearing resentment and judgment and grudges against your brothers and sisters. Forgiveness is an emotionally gut-wrenching experience. It is a freeing experience. It is a revealing experience. It is a reconciling experience. It is an ongoing experience. Unconditional forgiveness is biblical. Unconditional forgiveness is is practical and beneficial for your life. Let me pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Relevant Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat.